It is the nature of humankind to push itself toward the horizon. We test our limits. We face our fears. We rise to the challenge and become something greater than ourselves. A civilization. Welcome, everyone, episode 276 of the Thumbstick Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm um, well. Corey. Uh, no Eric this week. Eric is in, uh, I guess, preparation mode, right, for his uh, his his store opening down uh, down in Charlottesville. So uh, he's not with us this week. Um, we are going to be covering Civ Six. finally. Came out, what, like two weeks ago, I guess? Week and a half? Yeah. Same day as Battlefield. That's right. Uh, but we feel, felt like we needed a little more time to have it marinate and uh, to sink more time in with it than, uh, than say, like a Battlefield. So um, I know me and Corey both put a, put a significant amount of time in. Will, did you ever end up, end up getting to play Civ? I think I played 22 minutes. Okay. Uh, I know Eric played a little bit, so he'll be sending uh, – he sent in his thoughts – um, as a relative newcomer to the series, what what he thought of Civ Six, um, so that's our topic for today. Anyone have anything they want to tease? I played a bit of the Skyrim Special Edition, a couple hours worth. Yeah, as did I, I. I played like half an hour worth. I'd have to say. Um, on PC, <laughs> we all played on PC, right? Will, did you play console? Uh, PS4, yeah. PS4, okay. So it'll be good to have. Uh different experiences yep um i played a little bit of soma so i'll talk a little bit about that um i I know Corey's been urging me to play soma and i started at the night before halloween figuring hey it's a good kind of scary game to play um plus i was just in the mood for that type of game so i'll talk a little bit about that um i've only gotten maybe two hours playing it so far but that's one of those rare games that i say is tailor-made for dan yeah uh, and so far, I do get that vibe, Corey. Okay. Far. <clears throat> so, Will, do you have anything you want to tease? Uh, to be honest, I mean, I played two matches of Titanfall. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Eric gave his thoughts and his notes that he sent in. We um, might do an episode on Titanfall. I haven't okay. quite yet. But you can I'll give keep it first thoughts. Yeah, I'll keep it pretty pretty brief because um, as I said, I didn't play too much of it. Just uh, my initial impressions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, well, let's get into the main topic I guess. Uh, so yeah, the main topic Civ 6. Uh, Civ 5 was it 2011 when Civ 5 came out? 2010. 2010? Yeah. Uh, so it's been a while since a Civ, uh, true Civ game come, come, came, came out because we had uh, Beyond Earth 
uh, come out what two or two or three years ago. Uh, you know, when we talked about that, Corey ta- Corey came up with the thought that it really feels more like a, a Civ Five mod than an actual like different game, uh, and I think he's right about that. So, um, so you know, I guess you could have your concerns going into Civ Six whether or not they would be able to differentiate it from the other games in the series. Um, you know, it being the sixth sixth game in the series, uh, but I feel like they 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 did a good job of differentiating it and, and making it feel like its own own new game. So, um, first, I guess we'll we'll get right into the changes uh, in Civ Six uh, compared to Civ Five. Um, the first and most noticeable one being the way the city tiles are set up. So in Civ Five and all the previous Civ games, all the city buildings and stuff were actually on the city tile. Uh, but in this one, the, the 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 cities are more spread out. So you have your primary city tile, and you have buildings that you build in there. But there's also, uh, what is there, 10 different districts you can build? Eight? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. They all have a specific purpose. There's a, an encampment district where you build military units. Um, there's a commercial district where, where all your, you know, your banks and stuff go. Um entertainment district where all the entertainment buildings are uh that sort of thing uh and they all have their own specific buildings that you build in those districts so uh, in addition to your city tile uh you build those districts all in different different places within the city limits you know within the the area of uh area of influence around the city so um that's the probably the the biggest difference i would say from from civ 5 when you cory uh yeah i would agree with that Definitely the the unstacking of cities, as they they called it. I think the, the development team kept referring to it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's like you mentioned last week, Dan. I think you guys talked a little bit about it on on the episode I wasn't on. But uh, you kind of have to plan ahead if you really want to take advantage of all that district building stuff. Yeah. Uh, for instance, like a campus is where science is is done. So once you build your campus district. Uh, depending on where it is, it can benefit from the terrain around it. Uh, Having so, mounts next to it, you get a bonus. Yep. Uh, various other things. Right. Um, so that's where the, the planning ahead kind of plays into it, is if, if you want to be a science-faring civilization, then you kind of want to look for mountain ranges or rainforests that you know you can get a benefit from those tiles uh, when you're building cities. So, But then even within those districts, you build different buildings so like the campus uh, just going with our example you can build things like a library and a university and a research lab which further add to your science bonus within that district tile so yeah there's a lot of and things did, going on with that how did you feel about that because that being the biggest change i mean did you did you like it i i don't like it or dislike it i think it's different and i guess for yeah. that reason i like it uh it adds mm-hmm. another element to the game and yeah. I didn't re- I didn't think about this at the time, but in in prepping for this episode, I was reading a little bit about the development on the Wikipedia page, and they uh, Ed Beach, one of the lead designers on the the game, which we should say disclaimer, uh, I actually had a phone interview with him mm-hmm. before oh. we started this podcast. That's who, huh? Uh, yeah, that was one of the guys. Actually, the two lead uh, designers I met with, and the lead programmer, um, and also a designer, Ed Beach. Uh, I just had a phone interview with, but I feel like we have to throw that out there because our whole thing is oh, sure. uh, separation of church and state between <laughs> games coverage yeah. and and uh, developers. But anyway, uh, he said that their design goal was to prevent players from following a routine, which uh-huh. is something, when, once I read it, 
uh, I really, really appreciate because you just get sick of the whole like build order thing. Like StarCraft yeah. suffers from this. Is that like once once you figure out the most effective build order for whatever you're trying to achieve, it's just that every time. Uh, yeah. so they said one of their design goals was to prevent that from happening, and the way they did that uh, was by placing more emphasis on the map and uh, the, the placement of resources and starting cities and stuff like that. So you have to base your strategy on the game. Uh, you, you have to base your strategy of the game that you start uh, based on where you're placed, and and that's yeah. random. So there really is. I mean, there's some stuff. Obviously, you're gonna kind of follow depending on the type of victory you want to have, but uh, you really have to play to the map rather than stick to your your yeah. own strategy. Um, yep. So play, play to your geographic location on the map. You know, that's right. Right. So if you know, I I get into my game all ready to do my science victory and realize, oh no, there's no mountains, there's no rainforests, uh, but I have some things that would really benefit other districts. Maybe I change my mind and don't pursue the science victory. Um, yeah. And I mean, obviously, war can change that because certain cities are going to be captured and, you know, you kind of have to fall back on something else. So, yeah, to answer your question, Dan, uh, I do I do like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the, of the way they, they, they did that on stacking the things because you, like, even in a really big city, like, I, my, I, I started my first game as, as Rome. Uh, as the emperor, the uh, Trajan, uh, and you know my, my big city is is Rome, obviously. So uh, I think I have currently uh, twenty three citizens in Rome, uh, and wow. you know you know that's that's a big area right around the thing. But even in that big, I cannot fit all the districts in there, like and have them all be effective because you know like like we talked about, you need to you need to put them in in the right places to make sure you can benefit from the terrain around you. Uh, like Corey said, the the science districts and and uh, mountains and rainforests, uh, uh, the industrial districts benefit from being like next to mines. Uh, so you know you, you really need to, to to take advantage of that. You can't have all districts in all cities, so you kind of got to diversify uh, what you want your cities to focus on. Because I think even in Rome, I have only five of however many districts there are. I think they're like ten, maybe. Um, so. Yeah, you really have to have to diversify, and then like planning out too. Uh, when you're going for another city, when you start sending your set, start getting ready to send your settlers out, you really have to again plan ahead because you want to look and see what's around you and see what you need, rather than just expanding for the sake of expansion. Because uh, there's some places that you can put cities that they're they're just not going to grow and not be effective. Mm-hmm. So that's something else you have to take in, into consideration when you're expanding your civilization. Uh, and I really like that. I actually read somewhere that it it feels like a digital board game. Uh, this version of Civ, and I, I totally get that with the the way the art style is, how how different that is, and and the way the fog of war looks. It does really feel like uh, you're playing a a digital board game, which is which is cool. So, yeah, yeah. and it's also really neat. Like late in the game, if you have a city that's in the middle of a continent somewhere, but you've expanded your borders enough to reach water and you can build a harbor like way far away from your city just because you own that tile. Uh, yeah. Stuff like that's pretty cool. Yep. And then you can start building ships there, you know, even though that city wasn't built on the water. Yep. Yeah. I, I really like that. I definitely, I definitely think that's a, a positive change um, um, for the game. 
So, uh, I mean, let's talk about the art style. How do you feel about the art style? It's a little more cartoony than than Civ Five was. Uh, some people didn't didn't really like that, but uh, I mean, I think it goes along with the overall feel of the game. I I never had an issue with the way the art style looks. I I think it's it's nice and pleasing. How'd you feel about it, Corey? Yeah, I like it too. It's uh yeah, like you mentioned, a little more cartoony, but uh, you can still you know you can still easily tell the difference between all the units and everything. And uh, I guess the aesthetic they were going for was the Age of Discovery, like the way the map looks with the compasses and the uh, like brown sort of shaded, dirty parchment look of the yep. fog of war um mm-hmm. and that that definitely shows yeah okay uh probably the i would say the next biggest change is the way the uh at choosing your policies for your government mm-hmm. uh so in this one and i can't even remember specifically how it was done in civ 5 but uh you have uh, i guess nine different government types through the ages uh, and you, you know, you change that when you when you unlock it through your through your civic tree, and uh, you get you get cards as you unlock your civics and for certain uh, science unlocks, um, and you know your your government type will have it's got four different categories. It's got uh, military, um, diplomatic, and economic. And then uh, wild card slots. So your your cards are different different bonuses that you get, and you you slide those into those four different categories. Uh, based on which government type you you pick, you have a certain amount. Like uh, I'm a merchant republic right now, so I have one military one, uh, two economic, two diplomatic, and then two wild card. Which wild cards can be uh, for many of the cards, and and uh, bonuses will be like. Uh, uh, if you have a soldier stationed in a city, you'll you'll get uh, bonus to amenities, uh, which help help you grow your cities, or you'll get uh, extra trade routes or extra gold from your trade routes, and they have various various abilities, and you can pick and choose whatever you want to kind of try to benefit your your particular empire. Um, and I I really like that. I really like the way that's done too. Yeah, it's also a good way to quickly respond to whatever's going on. Um, yeah, like if if. Sudden, somebody suddenly declares war on you, and you're you're so behind militarily. Uh, you can go in and switch your policies to help you out a little bit. So, like Rome yeah. just suddenly declared war on me after being friends for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, and I had no no soldiers. I was actually using them because they were my northern border. Uh, so I made sure I was really good friends with them to help protect me. And just for no reason, seemingly, they just declared war on me. Uh, and I just quickly switched my policies, my policy cards, uh, over to things that would benefit me militarily. Like one of them allowed me to upgrade my units at half the cost. So mm-hmm. that right there was just a quick way for me to upgrade my military enough to, to fend them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every, every time you unlock more cards for your sieve, it gives you the opportunity to change them for free. Mm-hmm. But like you said, if you need to have, if something happens in the game that you need to change them immediately, you just have to pay a certain amount of gold, and you can unlock the tree immediately and make your make your changes, which I think is cool too. Yep. Um, I think unit do. It seems like units cost more production than they did in the past. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. It feels like it takes a lot longer to to create a unit unit. Yeah. So I, I haven't been as uh, military mi- military minded in, in this current game that I'm playing uh, as I usually am. I usually like to have units for defense, and then uh, when someone someone upsets me, I, I'll I'll attack them off and until they 
till they surrender. But uh, this one I've only done, I think I've only done two wars. Um, oh, that's another thing. Uh, diplomacy is quite a bit different than the past games. Yeah. It's a little more, a little more complicated. Um, apparently a lot of people are complaining about the AI, um, which I don't feel like it was ever great in the Civ games, mm-hmm. even in like three. I seem to remember it downgrading between four and five. I, I seem to remember that being yeah. a complaint of mine. I don't really remember the specifics of it. Um, right. But I, I don't know. I would I would tend to agree that it's not it's not great. It's I mean they try to make they try to add some things in there like the agendas, uh, something that wasn't in the previous Civ games where each civilization leader has uh, one known agenda and one secret agenda. Uh-huh. And what those are are things that you can respond to to increase your diplomacy rating with them. So, like, um, just off the top of my head, is it the – which one? Oh, no. I can't remember now. Uh, just for instance, one of the civilizations appreciates another civilization with a large navy. So if you accomplish that, then you will get bonus points towards your rating with that civilization. Uh, but the secret agenda is something you need to find out. And there's a number of different ways you can do it. One of the main ways is through espionage by sending a spy into one of their cities and uncovering um, what that agenda is. So just another way to get a leg up with a certain civilization. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I I noticed, too, it's uh, it's uh, one of the things I thought was weird was the, that you needed a causes belli for war. Mm-hmm. I thought that it brought me back to my Crusader Kings two days. Well, I don't think you uh, need it. You don't need it. You can declare war uh, without a causes belli, uh, and you get a huge warmonger penalty. Yeah. Um, and then I'm at the point where I can declare a colonial war, mm-hmm. uh, which I get. I only get a moderate warmonger penalty. But like, I, I couldn't figure out because uh, you know I've caught a couple people spying on me and stuff. I couldn't figure out how to get like an actual causes belli where i i didn't get a warmonger penalty where it was like kind of defensive i don't know if, is that if they attack you like i haven't had that pop up at all i wasn't sure i've seen it a couple times i'm not sure what the circumstances of it are um okay. but i i think just going off of that the one of the complaints about the diplomatic ai is even if somebody declares war on you and you're just defending yourself um i've still found civilizations hating me for being a warmonger even though i never yeah. declared war yeah. on anybody you know i just defended myself um, so I don't know what's going on with that. I think there is some, some jank there, but they do add, there's a, a number of different options, different types of war, different wars uh, you can declare, different types of packs you can make with, uh, other civilizations. Um, so there's definitely a lot more going on. I just, I haven't really explored it enough to form a strong opinion yeah. one way or the other. I definitely think it's better than Civ Five. Sure. Um, but I also didn't. I don't feel like that's very difficult to do because <laughs> I think yeah. the bar was pretty low for coming out of Civ Five for for that stuff. Yeah, I meant to ask you how many hours. I mean, wh- which game do you think you played the most out of the Civ games? Oh, I played Civ Four for hundreds okay. of hours. Yeah, see, mine was Civ Three. That was the one I think I like had just gotten out of high school when Civ Three came out, or was in high school. Yeah, I played that just a, a ton, hundreds and hundreds of hours. Yeah, I don't know. Like Civ Five, they made a ton of of major improvements, uh, mm-hmm. but I felt like ultimately the game felt a little bit hollow. Yeah, um, I don't think you're wrong in that. I think a lot of people felt that way. Yeah, I mean, they took away the stacks of doom. They introduced the hex tiles. 
Uh, they gave cities the ability to defend themselves. They added city-states. Um, but to me, there was just no... There was no life in the game, and I think that's the the one thing Civ Six really excels at is is breathing yeah. life back into the Civilization series and iterating on those improve those big improvements that Civ Five made, uh, as well as is adding some of their own and, uh, um, yeah, adding that extra that extra element of uh, wonder, for yeah. lack of a better word. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really really loving Civ Six so far. I definitely think I like it better than uh, I I definitely like it better than Five. Uh, and like I said, I don't remember Four. I didn't play it all that much, but it would probably rival Three for me um, because of like you said the the improvements made to Five that that transferred over to to Six too. So um, yeah, I'm I'm really digging it so far. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really yeah, do. Me- I wish I had been able to finish a whole... I, I wasn't able to finish a whole game. Me and Corey actually talked about this on Halloween. Um, I did marathon mode, because uh, I always do. I just That's what I pick. I, I can't not do a marathon mode game. And I think I've played like 30 hours, and I'm not done with my first game. I think it's like... it's The year's like 1890 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's getting to the point, and, and this is a uh, probably probably my only complaint about the game, is how long late game turns take. Uh, from you know the time you click end turn to the time it's your turn again, uh, I I mean I know there's ways to alleviate that. It's mostly processing power. I have an older processor, my computer. Uh, I think having a newer like overclocked processor would help that a little bit. But I do still feel like it it takes a long time for each turn to process. Yeah. So. I guess turning off animations helps with that. Does it? I don't know. I never tried it. I couldn't find the setting. I couldn't find the switch. <laughs> I'm sure it's somewhere in the open. I just, uh, I'm just too stupid to find it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but that would that would probably be my only complaint about. It. Other than that, I I I love Civ Six. So. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of it has to do with presentation. Uh, Sean Bean is an excellent, oh, excellent. I forgot to talk about that. Yeah. Narrator. Uh, if you listen to our pre-roll to start the episode, that was him. Uh, in the intro video for the game, and, and it doesn't slow down. I mean, the the one the quotes when wonders are built, the technologies and everything. It's you just really get that vibe of uh, the the like the weight of history when when he talks, yeah. which I think is really yeah. important for the Civilization series. Also, the music is yeah. really really good. Um, Christopher Tin, who is the Baba Yetu guy, uh-huh. the, the guy who won the Grammy for that was Sephora, right? Yeah, uh, he's he he came back to do this game's theme uh but i think the rest of the music is really good too uh another small touch i think are the wonder cinematics coming back like i it's just the small touches like that that i feel like make a huge difference in this type of game you're you're playing a game that's based on history and you want to feel that when you're playing it um a game we talked a little bit about earlier in the year was uh stellaris Mm -hmm. and i think stellaris is like the foil to civilization six because uh, Stellaris might be mechanically pretty sound, but it just it's it's spreadsheets. You know, there's no life in the game. Um, right. And, and Civilization Six really really excels at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did um, you have any other thoughts, Corey? I have a couple more things. Uh, just wanted to talk about. I like the Eureka and boosts you can do for the the oh, tech, tech yeah. tree and the the civics tree. Uh, That's so, new. Yeah, so the way that works is there's objectives tied to every 
tech you can research and every uh, civic research you can do. And if you successfully complete those objectives, you will get a boost towards uh, completing that. So, for instance, military tradition uh, is a uh, civic you can research, and it's boosted by half if you clear a barbarian outpost. Um, so there's incentive there to, to do certain things on the game map that influences how quickly you can get these technologies and, and civics. Uh, sailing, for instance, the sailing technology can be boosted by founding a city on a coast. Uh-huh. Um, so there's just like mini quests there. Yeah, and you, you know you you'll you can look and see like okay, I'm going to be doing this in the future, and you can uh, when you're when you're picking what what civic you want to research or or. Uh, tech you want to research you can look and see like oh okay i want want to do this one next uh i can boost it by you know doing whatever i can get that done by the time this research is done so you know so i can have you know it's it's it genius Mm -hmm. it's just genius it's one more one more thing you have to think about when you're when you're taking taking turns and, and doing things yep you look ahead a little bit and uh figure out what you should do leading up to whatever technology you want yeah uh, they also did, Eric mentioned this, um, which I was a little confused by because when he talked about it, he said they were bringing stacks of Doom back. And I found that hard to believe. But what they did do that wasn't in Civ Five was they made uh, made it so you could combine, I think, up to three units. Yep. That's as far three as I've units. gotten. I haven't seen uh, a technology beyond that. Um, you can combine three units to just make a more powerful unit. Mm-hmm. So uh, not necessarily a stack of Doom, but... Yeah, more a more powerful, more powerful yeah, version of whatever unit you're creating, which is kind of handy. You can also lock uh, support units to, um, to a standard unit. So, like, uh, if you have a great general, you can lock them to one of your one of your standard units, and they'll follow them. Same, I think the medic can do that too. Uh, the medic unit can can lock to uh, a standard unit to keep it healed or whatever, oh, okay. uh, which is also very very useful because you know those guys get hard hard to keep track of when you start getting a lot of them. Mm-hmm. It's just a pain to have to move them in addition to your troops. So it's nice that you can have. It's called like escort, I think. Yeah, uh, have your unit escort them, and so they just follow them around, which is great. So I have a pretty good example of that that uh, shines a light on on what I was talking about, about the, the life of Civilization VI. So one thing they have that's different, I think in, it's different from Civ V, but uh, great people, each great person has a different ability tied to them. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was the case in Civ V. I don't really remember. I think No, no, it was just a name of a great, per, uh, great person, and then they had, like, you know, they were all the same. Like, yeah. uh, a great merchant would do the same thing no matter what their name was. Yeah, it just basically amounted to number boosters, you know, and that right. was it. Um, so... In, in my current game, I'm, I'm going for a science victory right now, so I have a lot of science buildings, which produces great scientists. And one of them was Galileo Galilei, who will, uh, when you use his ability, it will gain 250 science points for each adjacent mountain tile. Uh, so I was pretty far advanced, so I wanted to take as much advantage of this as I could. So I looked on the map and saw uh, one point where, one spot on the map where everything was... Uh, the the one hex grid was all surrounded by mountains except for the spot to get in. Uh, mm-hmm. So it would have been 250 times, what would that be, 5? Uh, which is a number that I can't think of right now. But uh, <laughs> it happened to be on the other side of where my enemies were. So I was able to use an escort, 
with one of my advanced military units and walk that scientist all the way up to the this mountain range so I could get the biggest bang for my buck. Um, and it's just, I don't know, that was just such a cool moment because, like, I just went on a quest on the map, you know, just based yeah. on these abilities, just trying to take advantage. And there's a lot yeah. of that kind of stuff in this game, uh, especially when it comes to the great people and, and what they can do because a lot of times they have to be in a certain spot to activate uh, certain abilities. Yeah, I had a... Early on, I got Boudica as the uh, or Budasea as the uh, as a great general, and what she does is she she can uh, you can quote unquote sacrifice her, I guess, to uh, to turn any barbarian unit over to your side. Um, so that was that you know it's fitting historically, um, but yeah, it's I thought, that's when I first figured out that oh the great people have different different things they can do. Yep, love. Yep. Uh, and just a handful of, of things that I, I felt were major improvements over Civ Five and past games. The way the roads are created by trade routes, uh-huh. that's the only way to get roads is by establishing trade routes uh, between your cities or other people's cities. Uh, you don't have to go through with builders and just build a road on every single tile, which seemed to be the case in Civ Five. Uh, yeah. They were just built all by themselves uh, the more a trade route was traveled. Also, builders only get three improvements, and then they disappear. There's mm-hmm. ways to increase that and through different yep. technologies and, and civics uh, policies and stuff like that. Uh, but no longer do you have like so many builders just sitting idle because there's nothing for them to do. You basically just build one and then build your three improvements, and then it poof, it's gone until you build another one and, and do it all over again. I really like that. Um, yep. Always had an issue managing builders in in Civ Five, and this just seems to make it so much easier. Yeah. Also, happiness, which was a big problem in Civ Five, uh, it's more localized to a single city now, and it's much more easier to address. In that, you know, if you have a city that's unhappy, there's always a building you can build that will help with that, or a, a resource for an amenity nearby. An amenity is just. Uh, not a strategic resource, but what's the other? Luxury. A luxury item that you, you that, that city has access to, uh, which you can also get through trade and stuff like that. So it's not as, as big of an issue. I just remember in Civ Five, just like massive amounts of unhappy people in my cities just ruining everything. Yeah. Um, so there's that. I mean, religion is also a huge part of this game, the holy wars that go on. Mm-hmm. That I know people. A lot of people seem to be kind of upset by the way that works. It's just like spamming holy units to get the job done. If you're going for a, a holy victory, and that is kind of the case. But there was this moment before I realized they could attack each other, where uh, I had like an apostle go up towards another city, and then they sent an apostle down, and they started doing their, oh, yeah, you know, their oh, like back and forth, and then mine died or something like that, and then depending on who wins that little duel, it affects the religion of the nearby cities. I just thought Uh that was such a cool thing. It was like minus 250 to Taoism and plus 250 to Buddhism or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the game, one of the scenarios is the Holy Wars, uh, the Crusades. Yeah. And I could see that working. I know a lot of people have issues with it, but in my first game, I did... That's what I went for, was a a religious victory. I was this... uh, the Scythians? Huh? Scythians? Sean Bean says Scythians. Okay. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. 
I always said Scythians until I heard him say Scythians, so I don't know. Uh, but the way I addressed it, because I had one rival religious group, um, I found out who their enemy was and just sent their enemy all sorts of nice gifts. And it uh-huh. got to the point where they could no longer, they no longer had the resources to produce the holy units, so I just kind of took over that way. Uh-huh. Uh, but I had a good time doing that. That was pretty fun. Uh, the national park stuff is really cool. There's not too much to say, but it gets to the point where you can create a, a unit who can establish a national park on your... Yeah, I've, I haven't been able to do that. I don't have any place on my empire where I can put a national park. What's the... What's the... What do you have to have? I think it's the quality of the tile. I only, I've only okay. done one. Okay. Uh, but there are ways to increase the quality of a tile. I know there's a wonder that does it, that increases like all the, the, the tiles in your sieve. Uh-huh. But that's just a, a neat little cool added thing. Uh, the archaeology stuff, great works. That's that stuff's all cool. Wherein you can collect great works by from great people or through archaeologists who go out and excavate, uh, and then those add bonuses to your sieve. That stuff's all really neat. Uh, but that's all I have, Dan. I don't. I think we covered it all. Yeah. I did. I do think the AI is terrible, and not necessarily a diplomatic AI, but just the the decisions that the other civilizations make with their units. Sometimes it's god awful. And what annoys me about it most is upping the AI level doesn't make the AI smarter. It just gives them the ability to cheat. Oh yeah, I don't like that. It's it's stupid. Hmm. I, I get it that it's really tough to program that. Like increasing the difficulty increases the intelligence of the AI, but yeah. Uh, I don't know, especially in this game, it just—it's not fun. I don't know. I also had an issue. I don't know if this is a bug or if you saw this, Dan, but when a city completed a production, it always listed the wrong completed production. Did you notice that? No. It said like production completed, and it was always the one prior to the one I had just completed that it listed. Always. No, I didn't know that. Let me know if you notice that or if it's just me. Just me and my ah. game. Can do. But yeah, I, I really love Civilization VI. I think it's a fantastic game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm in total agreement. Uh should we read what Eric's Eric's thoughts were? Yeah, hit it. Alright. Did he send that to our email? Yes. Alright. Call it up here. I think the uh, recording laptop just died. Oh, figures. Yep, it was about time. It shut off. I don't know what happened to it, but... It's been a while. It's due. Yeah. (laughs) Alright, so Eric says, The problem with me trying to give an informed opinion on the Civilization series is I have never put enough time into any of the games to be able to notice the changes that each new game brings. With that said, I've always had a great time when I played them. I played Civ 6 for about 8 hours as the Germans. I think part of my problem is that I play on too low of a difficulty due to the civilization intimidation factor that Will brought up last week. Eventually, Civ always becomes a game of clicking next turn until I decide to be aggressive. My issues with Civ seem to be all related to the way I play the game, so my question for you athletes is what can I do to avoid the game becoming next turn clicking simulator that it, like it o- almost always does for me? 
I've enjoyed my time with Civ 6 and find the district idea interesting, although I don't think I have a good feel on how to use them to my advantage. I was also never able to figure out how to build a dock. The eight hours I spent with the game flew by like a hurricane. My favorite part was forming an alliance with the Chinese and a plot to wipe out Gandhi for trying to force his religion on the people of my lands. That pissed off Teddy Roosevelt and Cleopatra, who have now declared war on me. I look forward to trying to repair those relationships, because had Gandhi minded his own business, I would have left him alone in search of a <laughs> I will now turn my attention back to that goal. Um, as far as the, the clicking thing, I think your best bet is to lower, lower the or inc- increase the game speed, right? That just makes it so more stuff happens every turn, right? Yeah, I uh, I played my first one on standard, everything standard, random sieve, uh, and whatever the standard everything was. Right. And uh, it did turn into that a little bit, although it kind of helped that I was doing the Holy War thing, because like, every turn I was using my apostles and missionaries and you know doing that. But if you're going for like a tech victory or even a cultural victory, it, it definitely turns into a click fest. Uh, sure. And if you're doing a slower game speed, it's just going to amplify it. So I'm playing yeah. my mo- most recent game on quick and uh-huh. uh, uh, going for a science victory. So I don't know. I mean, you can. there are things you can do every turn, really, right. if you want to. A lot of times I just get lazy and, and don't want to. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I, I'm in the year 19-something, and there's still barbarians to clear. Sure. Here and there, you know, there's uh, resources are constantly popping up too as you advance through um, technologies. Uh-huh. So resources to harvest. Uh, yeah. Micromanaging your cities, you know, di- yep. diplomacy, setting trade routes, uh, coming up with deals with other civilizations. Yeah, try. I would say start by trying to increase the game speed because, like I said, I I always do marathon mode, uh, regardless of of you know my game type and all that stuff i just do I, I just do marathon mode so for me it is a lot of oh i have nothing to do this turn so i'll click on you know most most research takes 15 to 20 turns uh for me so even even when i have a ton of science like i do now but yeah try increasing the game speed yeah there you go will what are your thoughts on uh civ can you guys even hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because my internet is running horribly. I can't open a web page, and you guys are lagging really bad. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I only played twenty minutes. It seems like more Civ to me. Uh huh. But I mean, I've never really played more than eight hours of any other Civs game. So I do want to play more though, because I did have a lot of fun playing uh, Civ Six so far. The art style was very pleasant, in my opinion. And uh, Corey brought this up earlier, like the fog of war. Like it's just like that, that map. Um, yeah, the looks old like map. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I thought that was really cool. And as I explore more of it, it's just like I don't know. It all looked really cool to me. Um, and I was confused about a lot of the new stuff that you guys brought up, but I understand it a little bit better, like districts and stuff like that. So when I get some time, I'm definitely looking forward to trying some more of it. Sounds good. Uh, any other thoughts, Siv, Corey? No, it's a great game. One of the yep, best of the year, in my opinion. Sure. Um. Yeah. No, I really, really am digging it so far. I 
like I said, my only complaint is is turn length towards the end of the game, but there's really not a lot you know I can do about that. So, um, yeah, okay. Uh, shall we get into Nibblewitz? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Corey, why don't you get a start with Nibblewitz? Well, it's easy for me this week, Dan. I just have one. Huh? And it's one probably only I care about. Final Fantasy Dimensions 2 is coming to Japan. In Japan, it's called Final Fantasy Legends 2. It's a smartphone game. I played the first one. It took me about 60 hours on uh, iPhone three years ago, maybe, at this point. I really liked it. I thought it was a great throwback to the old uh, the old Final Fantasies. So yeah. I'm excited for number two. I, I don't know if the characters are coming back from the first one. It didn't say much about it. According to Silicon Era, who they wrote, uh, Final Fantasy Dimensions 2 will be a reborn title where we'll get to witness the legends of a new kind of space-time. Whatever that means. So Sounds we'll interesting. I'm excited for it. Okay. That's it. That's it? That's all I got. All right. Uh, I actually have three this week. It's the first time in a while I've had more than one and or two. Uh, so Rise of the Tomb Raiders sequel, uh, the name of that game might have leaked in a, in a strange way. So uh, Reddit user... Triple H280 posted a picture below, uh, which shows Shadow of the Tomb Raider on a Microsoft PowerPoint presentation for the game. Uh, he had photographed it on someone else's laptop that looks like he was sitting on the subway or, or something. Uh, so, yeah, it could be uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider is the next game in the Tomb Raider uh, reboot trilogy, I guess. It's an interesting way to have the game leak. I wonder if they can like track that guy down and fire him now. I was just going to ask that, like how that guy feels about that happening. Yeah, I mean, it's an Asus laptop, so they might be able to narrow it down a little bit. If that was me and I saw that post, my laptop goes in the garbage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Or at least dump I, the evidence. I put some stickers all over it or something, you know? Yep, dump the evidence. Uh, so that's cool. What are the chances that a gamer who would care about that in the slightest was on that subway to look at that guy's computer right at that exact moment. Yeah, no, that the yeah. No, you're right. Like, That's slim to none. Crazy. Slim to none. Um yeah. I uh, Ubisoft for November is giving away Blood Dragon on the Uplay. So if you don't have that already, definitely download it. It's uh free even if your computer can't necessarily run it. If you download Uplay, set up an account, get these free games for maybe sometime in the future. Uh, and then my last one is that Project Scorpio will support Xbox 360 backwards compatibility. Uh, so it'll have more than 250 confirmed games from the Xbox 360 uh, that will play on it. So, nice also feature. Good. Yeah, definitely. That's one of my disappointments, actually, with the Switch, is that it's not going to be, at least that we know of yet, is that it's not going to be backwards compatibility with Wii, Wii U physical copies. Um, if they can figure out a way that you can turn your physical copies of games into digital copies of games, I'll be, I'll be fine with it. But, you know, it would be nice to offload the Wii U for, for the Switch if, if I can, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, that's it for my nibble bits. Will, what do you got? Uh, my first one is Bioware seems to have something up its sleeve for this year's N7 Day. Um, they put out a teaser trailer, 
Uh, and in that trailer, it says that um, you'll be the first or be among the first contacted to receive critical mission information, special training opportunities. Um, and it says that this oper- or orientation will begin November 7th, which is N7 day. So a lot of people are speculating what that could be. Um, Destructoid seems to think it's going to be a multiplayer beta. Huh. Which I'm fine with as long as I get to see some gameplay from this game. Now you'll be yeah. the first one to get promotional images. Woo. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so it'll be. I don't. I want it to be something awesome, but the negative side of me seems to think it'll be something stupid. What was it? Dark Souls two or Dark Souls three? Where they they teased a big announcement, and their announcement was the launch of their merch store. Yeah. And it was hideous merchandise. What, what game was that, Dan? It was Dark one of the Souls. Dark Souls games, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Dark Souls 3. Was, was it? it Dark Souls 3? It yep. was a game we were hoping for an early release. It was Dark Souls 3? Dark Souls 3, okay. yeah. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> like I said, it was all hideous, too. It wasn't even anything cool. No. But So, is BioWare going to do that with Mass Effect? Probably. <laughs> you get first access to our merch store. Yeah, I feel like a lot. I don't know. I don't know what the disconnect is, but I feel like a lot of these companies are just making the dumbest PR gaffes. You know, who like? I don't know who like in their right mind would think it's exciting. Like a clothing line would be exciting. You know it what could, I mean? It could be if it was nice. You know? Yeah, it was. It was crap. It looked like something you could buy. Um, from a, a boardwalk vendor on a beach, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'd still be pissed about Perfect. it if, if that was what the tease was for, even if it looked nice. Uh, but at least, you know, I'd be interested in getting the merch. Yeah. Um, my next nibble bit, um, it's pretty interesting to me. So there are some leaks from what's going to be showing off at BlizzCon. One of them is a new Overwatch character, Sombra, which has been an ongoing thing with the Overwatch community. Um, a lot of people are really upset with how Blizzard's been teasing her too much, and they're getting annoyed by it. But, I mean, we're getting a new character out of it, so I don't think it, it matters that much. So some art style of what she's going to look like uh, is out. She looks pretty cool. She looks like she's like part robot, part human. It looks like she can hack stuff. Um, really cool art style. It's got a lot of blue and purple, which are... Two of my favorite colors. So, I'm all in. But, the most interesting piece that got leaked was a male-female art style of the Necromancer. That was in Diablo 2. So, not a lot of people know what's up with that. Some people brought up Heroes of the Storm, but they already released the Necromancer in Heroes of the Storm. So, that kind of eliminates anything Heroes of the Storm has. Uh, ties to the game. Plus, there's a male-female version, so a lot of people have three possibilities. A new Diablo 3 expansion, which is what I think it'll be. Um, Diablo 4 announcement, I don't think it's that. I think it's too soon for Diablo 4 to be announced. Definitely. Um, or Diablo 2 remake. Mm, that's interesting. Which, which is interesting to me. Um, I feel like... I definitely feel like it's going to be uh, a Diablo 3 expansion. I think somebody uh, plotted it out that like there's two years between expansions from uh, Blizzard games, and it's, I mean, it's that time for another Diablo expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel like 
Diablo 2 like remake would be very interesting, although it would probably make a lot of people angry. Because that game's like a cult classic with people. Yeah. Um, I feel like that game would benefit a lot from a remake as opposed to Skyrim on the PS4 and Xbox One. Right. I mean, I feel like the Skyrim remake was a it was a money grab. Yeah, I feel of. like that. I feel like it too. I mean, we'll talk oh. about, it, but like they just wanted to they wanted to make it available available on the on the new console. You know, it's for, I have no problem with it. No, uh, but maybe not for sixty dollars worth. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, like I don't know what would it, what would you guys be excited about from that? Would would either of you care about a new expansion from Diablo three or the remake of Diablo two or a new Diablo game? Yeah. Really, okay. Corey? Eh, probably not at this point. I don't know that I'd be excited about it. I'm just excited to hear about the Hearthstone stuff. There's going to be a good amount of Hearthstone announcements, namely the What's new this? expansion. That's, didn't they just have one? They just had an adventure a few months ago. Gotcha. But that's disappointing. Time. Why? Yeah. No, that nobody else cares about Diablo. It's not that I don't care about it. I just don't think I'd get really excited about it. I just feel like, well, I mean, to be fair, I feel like they did kind of wait a really long time to even bring up new expansions for that game. Um, I don't know. I feel like two years is a long time, especially with how... Uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. With how gamers are, you know, constantly wanting content. That's kind of how society is in general. Everybody just wants content all the time. But, I don't know. I feel like two years is a long time for it. I do think it'll be an expansion, though. I don't think it'll be the, the other two options. But I don't I guess even have we'll the first see. expansion. You, did, you talked about getting it, right? Yeah, I never, never got it, though. Well, we'll find out Friday, because BlizzCon's Friday. So... Yes, sir, we will. That's it for me. Okay. How was your week, Will? Eh, it was alright. Same old. Just been school. School, work, blah, 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 blah. Corey was home for the weekend for Halloween, uh, so we had our Halloween gathering on Monday, and Dan's family was all here, so it was really fun, but uh, other than that, like I've just been slaving away at school non-stop mm-hmm. i'm getting to the point where i'm getting annoyed with it and just want to play video games what do you have another another little over a month probably till you're till you're done or do you go closer to christmas uh i think it's gonna be like december it's probably it's like a month exactly okay i you're- will have finished i think by next week or a week after i will have finished all of my classes but one or two okay which is good because I've gone ahead. But I'm just tired of the never-ending amount of school right now. Yeah, sure. Welcome uh, to adulthood, it. Will. Hey, thanks. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. It's all downhill from here. That's it for me, though, Dan. Okay. Where are you, Corey? What do you got? Uh, not much. I, I've sort of... Uh... Sort of been out of the video game loop for a while. I haven't listened to a single video game podcast in probably about a month. Um, just been following hockey quite a bit, listening to a lot of hockey. I haven't re- really been playing very many video games. 
other than Civ, I think I booted up Enderal and I played a little bit of Skyrim Special Edition. But uh, huh? I'm also trying to do, as I try to do every year, NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month in the month of November. Try to write a 50,000-word novel uh, within that time period, which is about 1,700 words a day. Today is day two, and I have about 700, so I'm quite a bit behind already. But this time, I'm not going to just quit if I get behind like I normally do. I'm just going to keep going, and wherever I end up at the end of the month is where I end up. Yeah. So that's kind of keeping me busy. You know who needs to take advantage of NaNoWriMo is George R.R. Martin. Yeah. He needs to finish up Game of Thrones. Yeah. 50,000 words in November. Grr. You can do it. Yep. Germ. Anyway, continue. Yeah, no, not really not much to report. Uh, I got excited for the Rift Tracks Humble Bundle mm-hmm. this past week. Um, had a few scary movies for Halloween in there. I think I listened to the Twilight Rift Tracks years ago. If you don't know what Rift Tracks is, it's uh, Mike Nelson and a couple of his, those other comedians that did Mystery Science Theater 3000 back in the day. They do the voiceover separate from the movie. You can download the app. They have an app now. And the app will listen to the movie to sync up their voiceovers, mm, which is a, awesome. a lot handier than it used to be. They used to like say, like, okay, when you see this thing, you want to sync it up with this noise. And um, it wasn't too much of a hassle, but it's easier just to turn your, your device on and have it listen and sync up and everything. So, uh, yeah, the Humble Bundle, was it was like $10 for 10 different movies. Movies I like, too. Lord of the Rings was on there. Um Jurassic Park was on there, Halloween was on there, Night of the Living Dead was on there. So I'm excited to to sit down, and probably this weekend I'll give those a listen, because I think Mike Nelson is a very funny guy. There's a couple good Humble Bundles right now, actually. Yeah, I saw there was a Lifehacker one today, or yesterday, or something like that. Yeah, there's a Lifehacker one, but even the two game bundles, I think, are pretty good. One's like Indie Gems. The Gems one's really good. It has a lot of good games. Yeah. So... Take advantage of those. I didn't write down what games are on there, but I feel like both of them were pretty good, pretty good deals. Yeah, totally agree. Mm-hmm. But that's it. You know, I could talk about sure. hockey for hours if you guys want, but oh sure, we'll pass on that. Let's do it. Me too. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm still just working on moving. We finished up clearing out the garage. Uh, the back porch is all cleared off. Underneath the back porch is all cleared off, so just still working on packing up the house and uh, doing little projects around the house to get it ready to put on the market and so we can move out of here. Fine. Soon as, yeah. So that's cut into my game time. Not because I'm working on stuff, but because I'm so freaking tired by the end of the night. It's, it's hard for me to stay awake. I was telling Corey I was pl- playing Soma, uh, I guess it was Sunday night, and uh, I played for about an hour, and I just could not. As as much as I was enjoying it, uh, I could not stay awake any longer. So I had to. I had to. I called it quits after about an hour because I just couldn't couldn't stay awake. But you know, that's how things go, I guess. But that's all. I don't think I had anything anything exciting to talk about. I usually don't, but usually I like to have a food. A new food that I've tried, or new fast food, or something. But oh, you know what? I did try new food. Taco Bell, the chicken roll-ups, uh, the chicken roll-ups. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. I've had those too. Uh, 
by themselves not great but they come with like four or five different dipping sauces that you can get yeah uh and i got the taco bell you know the the cheese dip one uh and it's really good slathered in the in the cheese dip so basically what they are is they're just like a chicken a little chicken burrito that's been deep fried um and yeah it just soaks up all that cheese it was good like a taquito yeah, yeah, exactly like that. Uh, but but more crunchy, I would mm. say, uh, the taquitos. So I almost went to Taco Bell last night. Uh, girlfriend wasn't feeling well. She didn't work yesterday. I was at work. She said she really craved Panera. And I was like, I will go to Panera with you if after we go to Panera, we go to Taco Bell for me. And she nice. agreed. But she ordered so much food at Panera that I ate her leftovers. And by the time I was done, I wasn't hungry anymore. And I don't. I was kind of hungry, but I don't like to go to Taco Bell for like just one burrito. I want to oh, yeah. walk out of there with a sack of food, you know. Oh yeah. And just yeah. pig out till I feel sick. That's the that's the whole point of Taco Bell. Uh, but I did use the app, and I had my order already, including yeah. the chicken roll-ups was in my order. <laughs> yeah. But I it's, ended up it's, just canceling it. It's handy. It is handy because you browse the menu, and I don't know. I feel like I have a really good grips on the Taco Bell menu now. I always. There should be a way to improve that for drive-throughs because I always feel rushed when I'm in the drive-through. That's why. That's why when I that one time, the first time I used the the online ordering, that's why I spent twenty five bucks because I was like, oh my god, I haven't had this in forever. I'm gonna put that on my list. I haven't tried this yet. I'm gonna put that on my and you know, and it ended up being twenty five bucks. But you're right because you know you get through the drive-through and you can take as long as you want. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't like to just sit there and him and haw. I like to get up there order my food and 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 be on my way because you know having worked in fast food uh you know many years ago that was always annoying so i try to be as uh as respectful and and quick and light as possible when i'm when i go through the drive-thru so i don't like spend too much time looking at the stupid board nothing boils my blood more than when the girlfriend and i go through fast food drive-thru and she orders because it's always Uh, a process you know yeah, and I sure. get I, I I I know I'm impatient and I know I need to be better about it, but I just my blood just boils. What do you mean? You know what? What do you mean you don't know what you want right now? Yeah, Come exactly. On. I always at least have a very good idea of what I want. There might be yeah. one or two things that I have a, a variance on, but and inevitably um, I have to ask questions. Sure. You know, up to the the person on the other end of the I don't know. I it's just, my biggest nightmare. Totally. Yeah. I'm saying. Uh, along those lines, the worst is going through the drive-through in Dunkin' Donuts, and having someone ask the person in the drive-through what kind of donuts they have, because then they have to go and check out what kind of donuts they have. They come back, they tell the person the twenty different kinds of donuts they have, and the person hymns and haws over what kind of donut they want. And you're in the drive-through for like four minutes, just waiting on this idiot in front of. You. It's like just go, just go in. It's going to be shorter for everyone if you just go in and order donuts from the inside. Yeah. Unless you know the exact donut you want or two donuts you want, don't don't go through the do- drive-through at Dunkin' Donuts, you asshole. I'm surprised more places haven't embraced the uh, order ahead through the app thing. Yeah. That's just a Taco Bell thing, right? Right now. Mm, Taco Bell. There's one other. There's one other place that might do it too. Mm. It might be Panera. Panera might have that because. My wife goes to Panera a lot. I don't like Panera. I don't. How do you get a meal at Panera? You get a meal. You know what it's I just, mean? To me, it's to me, it's not very good. It's overpriced, and it's not as good for you as they try to make it seem. 
Yeah. Well, when you go to order at Panera, it's just like you get some soup and a quarter of a sandwich. That's not filling. Like I want like four sandwiches. You get a <laughs> you get a spoonful of soup, that, a half a sandwich, would, and an apple. That would yeah. cost you thirty bucks at Panera. <laughs> exactly. Like, is, like I, if if I, if it's a sandwich I want, then I you know if I'm gonna get a sub, it's gonna be like Subway or Wegman's subs, or even uh, we have Rossi's subs. You mm-hmm. know, or I'll just make a sandwich at home. You know. There you go. Maybe we suffer from the fatal flaw of we need to eat until we're sick. Yeah. That's why I'm fat. That is why I'm fat. <laughs> because I, like I I need to eat until I'm at least stuffed. And it's never, you know, I don't eat apples until I'm stuffed. It's stuff <laughs> should be eating until I'm stuffed. Like, you, know? you like those, those meatball sandwiches that were at a Halloween thing? I ate yeah. eight of them. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I was on the Rockstar diet Halloween night. <laughs> Just booze. Just beer. Fill up on beer. Eat a eat a half a meatball sandwich and a piece of candy so it doesn't look like you're anorexic. Uh-huh. And fill up on beer. There you go. Anywho, uh, do we want to take a quick break before we get into what we played? Yeah, I got to I got to visit the Lou. Okay, yeah, I'll whiz and and uh see if the recording laptop is in fact, dead. So uh, we'll take a quick break and be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 276 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. We are now in what we played. Corey. Well, well, I mean, I guess we all played something. Let's talk about the Skyrim uh, special edition, shall yeah. we? Yeah. Talk about that first. I'm into that. Okay. Uh, you played it the most, Corey. Yeah. What's your thought? I wasn't all that impressed. Yeah. Uh, I know for PC people that are used to seeing all sorts of mods and stuff in their game, they're not going to see much of a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually, honestly, I, I would prefer to just go back, delete the special edition, and go back and re-download all my graphical mods for the vanilla game. And uh... I think even Skyrim with the HD textures. Yeah was is pretty close to the special edition yeah and that seems to be the source of the mixed reviews on steam too is people saying a lot of that kind of stuff yeah um i don't know and i I also played a lot of enderall recently which which is vanilla skyrim but they just packed it so full of uh objects that it just looks so lush and full of life in uh, the the small additions they did to the Skyrim Special Edition, which, from what I understand, looks pretty good on consoles, even though it's it's pretty buggy. Um, for PC people, it's just not. Will shaking his head. No. No? I really don't think so. I don't know if my expectations were, like, ridiculously high, but, like, the trailer they showed, like, there was a lot more flora, it looked like, and it looks the same to me. I don't know. Like I, you, well, I mean, you, the, the water looks better, I will admit, and, like, the mountain ranges look better, but, like, the grass and trees and stuff look no different to me. Yeah. So, I, I kind of had a feeling that would be the case going into it, so what I did was yeah. I just downloaded a shitload of mods, a bunch of mods that were out that first day, um, and that's, like... That's the the fun I'm getting out of Skyrim Special Edition. I downloaded the one where you start like a new life, like you don't go through the intro intro thing at Helgen. 
Uh-huh. Uh, you basically choose your background and then you pursue a path. I love that. Based on that. Yeah, I love that. That was that's a great mod. That's a great idea. Yep. Uh, it's annoying to have to start a new character and go through all that stuff mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Obnoxious. Yep. So that's where I, I mean I downloaded the um the Forgotten City. A uh, lot of content mods I downloaded. So it'll just be nice to see that stuff for the first time and and have there be a, like a, a refreshing feeling to to Skyrim. Uh, yeah. I also downloaded a lot of the ones that extends the like little suburbs, makes them bigger, makes them um, more realistic to the amount of people that live in the area. You know, instead of just one shack for a bunch of people, each person gets their own home. Uh-huh. Uh, that stuff's all pretty neat. Um, some cosmetic stuff. The there's one called camping and something else that adds like a whole camping mechanic to the game. Uh, one that extends crafting to all sorts of different things, so I can craft lockpicks and arrows, which I, you, I guess you couldn't do in, in original Skyrim. I don't really remember, but uh, just a lot of that kind of stuff that'll you know, make it feel kind of new. Also, I downloaded, which I guess a lot of people recommend, the unofficial patch, <laughs> which is one of the top-rated mods for Skyrim Special Edition. Oh, really? Uh, that fixes a lot of the jank? Fixes a lot of the jank. So... Sure. That's kind of telling right there. Yeah, I played it. I fired it up and I played it through p- part of the the intro sequence. I was like, this doesn't it doesn't look any better. Mm-hmm. So I just turned it off. It's and again, it's tough because I'm coming from a fully modded yeah. you know, Skyrim that looked awesome, sounded awesome. That's another issue. Yeah. They had a major bug with the sound. Yeah, it was all compressed audio, so it sounded terrible. Yeah. Um so yeah, you're coming from that to something that they just took the vanilla version and upgraded that. Um, I don't know. I also didn't have it turned up to ultra, so that could be on me and my graphics card a little bit. It it defaulted sure. to medium everything, but I turned it up to high, and it was still pretty smooth at yeah. seemingly you know 60 frames with dips here and yep. there. But yeah, I had everything maxed out. Yeah, nine seventy ultra wide, uh, and and like I said, it didn't it didn't look any better to me than vanilla Skyrim with the HD texture DLC. Yep, it draw so. distance is a major problem too. I mean, they did. I don't think they improved that at all, and that's coming from a 2011 game. Right, that's a long time ago. Things were a lot different back then. Yeah, Jake yep. says in the chat, special edition is mainly for console players. I would agree with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like it was just their opportunity to release it on the on the new systems and sell millions more copies. You yeah. know, I would probably be pretty pissed if I didn't get it for free on yeah. PC. Uh, sure, but I did. You know, I already had all the DLC, so it was just a, a free thing. And and like I said, it was a a fun way to get back into Skyrim and, and mess around with uh, some some mods that I had never played around with before. Because in the past, the only mods I I played with were were cosmetic. Uh, yeah. and like quality uh, well, of life things, nothing content-wise. One of the important distinctions is um, it's going... F- the special edition is 64-bit instead of 32-bit, uh, which me- will, will mean a lot once modders get their hands on it and stuff. The the graphical improvements can be that much better and all the, all the mods and stuff can be that much better. Mm-hmm. So that is an important distinction to make from, from the old version to the new one. Yeah, I didn't know that. Which, which will matter eventually, like I said, once once people can tinker with it a little bit more. 
I uh, I want to say like, as much as I'm not impressed with like the the graphical updates that they did, uh, I am happy that like this game is out on the new consoles. Yeah, I, uh, I there's no reason why it shouldn't be on the new consoles. Yeah. No, there's no reason. I like I just don't think the sixty dollar price tag is a hundred percent worth it, especially when you can buy. Uh, all the DLC for the game uh, on the old version on PC for like twenty dollars. So mm-hmm. I would just say do that and mod it at this point. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's probably a good bet. Although who knows? Maybe the modding community will, like Dan said, will move to special edition because it affords them a little more. Yeah, more sure. power. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. I yeah. played. I played for a couple hours and then I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go back and play Enderal." So. Okay. Uh, Corey, what else did you play? Oh, it's also kind of funny that I currently have both versions of Skyrim installed on my computer. Because <laughs> I need the, I, the first one for Enderall. I do too. Yeah, I was going to say, because I, ha- I have the Enderall thing installed, and then, yeah, I have the, the new new version on my computer too. Yeah. I still have Civ 5 installed on my computer. <laughs> I'm not going to play that anymore. I should just delete it. But anyway. I played nothing else that I recall. So Okay. What about you, Will? What'd you play? I played a little bit of Titanfall 2. Um, so I played two games of Capture the Flag. One thing I did notice, and so far it's kind of my only complaint with the game, because other than that, like I think it's a fine shooter, uh, is they took out, and I didn't realize that I liked this as much as I did, but they took out the cannon fodder AI, like... Uh, soldiers uh, that you could just go and kill a bunch of them. I think they're still in two different game modes, but I think it's attrition and one other one. Uh, and I played Capture the Flag, and I didn't know this going in that they took them out for most of the game modes. Because it was always really nice to just kill a bunch of things and like feel like you're good at the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like the movement's great. They did. Uh, they seem to have done more with the creative class and stuff like that. And there's more options for the Titans, which is nice. Uh, I think Eric said this, that the menus are kind of bad. Look like they're like three-fourths of the way done. Uh-huh. I think that's what his quote was, and I can see how he thinks that 100%, because the main screen has kind of like, this doesn't look that great. But, you know, when I got into the game, I had I enjoyed it from what I've played. The problem is it might be a casualty of all of the other games that I want to play. Yeah. Because that's I think... Census. Yeah, because like Battlefield One is out, and that game's incredible. I'm gonna be jumping back into Overwatch here soon. Like I'm, Duty's coming out, bro. Yeah, like Eric and I, I'm assuming he's getting that like tomorrow. So we'll have that for Friday, and you know Final Fantasy's coming out, the new Pokemon's coming out. I'm playing through the other Pokemon games, like Stardew Valley. I want to give another go before the end of the year, so I can give it my game of the year. Uh. I don't know. That's going to be tough for me to play a lot of Titanfall when there's just so much other stuff that I gotta gotta play and get through. Yeah, and this game is reviewing pretty well from what I've yeah. seen too. So I, it's by all accounts, everybody loves it. Apparently, the campaign's really good too, which mm-hmm. I like. Does maybe that... I'll go through the campaign at least for yeah. this game. Play the campaign, maybe not the multiplayer. Yeah, because yeah. I miss me some Titanfall. I, I really enjoyed my month of of Titanfall that I played. Um, I think you and I were the biggest proponents of that game. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I really liked it, too. Yeah, it was fun. It's different. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, now, like, the Call of Duties are kind of going along that vein of what Titanfall is now, but, like, I think Titanfall does the mobility really, really well, just wall running and, like, zipping through the air and stuff like that. It feels so fluid and nice and, like, easy to pull off, which is which is rewarding to do when you, like, wall run and shoot and kill somebody while you're doing. Like, that's such a cool moment. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like, like I said, I wish it was be able to play this game way more than I'll uh, be able to, but yeah. Okay. Anything else, Will? Unless you guys want to hear me talk about Pokemon for hours, no. Uh, no. <laughs> Please, no. Yeah, no, then. I could talk about Guild Wars 2 for hours. Did you play? No. Oh. No, I did not. I was going to say. But I missed, the, I missed those days. I was going to say, I didn't get your text. No. I don't have time to. Say, I would love to play that, but I don't. I don't have time to sink into a MMORPG. Right no, now. Is this still going strong? Yeah, good. They you have can... the the oh, what is it called? Living Story yeah. stuff that they do. They they do a new season every year, and uh, you know, and like a lot of the changes they make in the in this like one of the at least the last time I played it the the main main city there. The hell is it called? Kings. I want to say King's Landing, but that's not it. King's Reach? No. What was the main... Do you remember the main city in, in Guild Wars 2, Corey? Mm. Anyway, Lion's that, Keep? Something like that. It was... A, it That was destroyed in in the living story, and, and it was like that in the game for a while, too. I don't know if it's been fixed since then, but... Wow. I like how living story stuff has kind of permanent consequences on the on the game world. Lion's Ark, isn't it? Lion's Ark. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds right. Gotcha. Yep. All right. But anyway, uh, so I played played Civ, played uh, Skyrim, but I also started uh, Soma on Corey's recommendation. Uh, Soma is the kind of first person, I guess, like psychological thriller horror type of game. Corey, would you say that that's accurate? That's very accurate. I've only put in about two hours um, so far. I think, what is that, like a fifth of the way through the game? What is it, like a 10-hour game maybe? Eight, 10 hours? Do you Something remember, like that. I think, I think eight, yeah. Six or eight. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I had been meaning to play for a while. Corey's been recommending it to me as as the, the person that, that would most likely uh, like it as, you know, I, I, I like that type of game. Uh, and so far, I'm really digging it. I haven't been able to play nearly as much as I wanted to. Like I said, I played it. I wanted I had all all intent. Uh, I was in, intent on playing it like kind of late on Sunday night, but I just could not stay awake. I played it Sunday night and then I played a little bit this morning, too. Um, but, uh, you know, in addition to the kind of the scary stuff, I really like the control scheme. Uh, usually I play the first person games with a keyboard and mouse, but I figured since this one is not at least not to this point. A shooter uh, that I would play with the with the controller, um, and uh, when you're manipulating an object, you use the right trigger to like pick stuff up or, or use an item or whatever. Um, and then, so like if you want to open a door or open a drawer or something to search through them, you hold the right trigger and then you flick the right thumbstick, like you flick it down to open a drawer and up to close the drawer. It just makes it makes the game feel so immersive, and it makes you feel like more like you're actually in that in that game world. Uh, works really well uh, with the controller, so dig that part of it too. 
Um, but yeah, so far I'm really, really enjoying Soma. It's pretty freaky what's going on right now. You getting into the sciencey stuff at all? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm I'm on on my way to the second. I'm I'm getting ready to get on the shuttle from was Upsilon Station to. I can't remember the the one you're supposed to go to, but I just went through the underwater part. Nice. It feels very, very Bioshock. Yeah. Bioshock. Uh, It's done by Irrational Games, right? Is it? Is it really? So I think it's an independent developer. I thought it was Irrational. No, because I gave it an award. I think I was my indie game last year or was nominated or something. Maybe it was people from, from Irrational that made it. That sounds right. Hold on, let me look. There's some sort of connection to Irrational Games. Uh, f- uh, fictional. Frictional Games. Yeah, Frictional Games. Is it former Irrational people? Mm-hmm. According to Wikipedia... Doesn't say. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I swear there's some, some sort of connection there. But it does have some, some Bioshock-type elements... Um, it's based yeah. in Sweden. Sweden. They did. They're responsible for the Amnesia series. Okay. Yeah. No, really good so far. Really good. I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, it's it's. I wanted to start it too because it was you know the night before Halloween. I wanted to play something scary. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's definitely freaky, but yeah. I believe that's all I played. Yeah. Okay. You want me to Feedback? zip through the what we didn't play? Oh, yeah. Yeah, go for it. I'll go in order yeah, of their it. open critic rating, uh, lowest okay. to best. Starting with Farming Simulator 17 with a 65. Mm-hmm. Uh, no interest for me. I played like Farming Simulator 15 and was bored within like 10 minutes, but I know people love that game and are what? into that kind of thing. So, What's the hook? I, don't, I really don't know, Dan. I don't. I don't. A lot of those hardcore sim games. I, I guess you can't even really call them hardcore, but it's just like the truck simulator stuff. There's an appeal there, but in practice, it just doesn't work for me. You know. Right. I don't know. What's uh? I I feel like there's um. There's room on the market for a good farming game. Yeah, it's called you know? Stardew Valley. It came out earlier this well, year. I mean, I mean something. Yeah. Slightly more realistic. Yeah, I agree. I'd be into that. Something maybe more science based. Because there was there was Sim Sim Farm back in the day. Do you remember playing that in school? No. Yeah, I played a little Sim Farm in school. That was that was fun. No recollection, but now I need to put on a Sim Farm video. Yeah. <laughs> Way um, back. No, it does not ring a bell. Looks cool though. Wow. I know. I think I think a game like that would be cool. Huh. It'd be fun to like tie this uh, user interface into a game like Stardew Valley, you know, with like yeah. this level of yeah. simulation going on when it comes to your crops. That would be fun. I'm gonna check and see if Sim Farm is on Steam right now. You gonna you gonna settle into some Sim Farm tonight, Dan? <laughs> no. Uh, while you're doing that, the second one, Dark Souls Ashes of Ariandel, is a DLC for Dark Souls 3, sitting at a 72 on Open Critic right now. Um, huh? I don't know why, but I just have zero interest in going back to Dark Souls 3. As much as I liked it. Uh, yeah, 
no interest in the DLC. I never really had any interest in the Dark Souls DLC either. No. I don't know. It just kind of it kind of takes away from what those games are all about, you know? Yeah. For me, after I conquer it, then I'm like, okay, I'm done. Because I, I don't really want to do the multiplayer. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't spend enough time to be, be be good at that. So, yeah, after I beat the game, I'm like, okay, I've, I've had my fill. I'll move on. Yeah, because you either have to be good at the multiplayer or you have to enjoy trolling people. Yeah. Meh. I'm too lazy to troll people. Yeah. Uh, sitting at a 73 on Open Critic is Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. I never played the first one. People seem to like those that are into Dragon Ball. Yeah. I was going to get the first one on sale like a couple months ago. It was like 12 bucks or something. Yeah. I'll want, buy it eventually. Yeah, I want to try it too. I mean, we, we have a, a good relationship with Dragon Ball. Um, mm-hmm. And so I guess some crazy stuff's going on in the new series, and apparently it's really good. So maybe I need nice. to need get back to into it. Dedicate some time to the new Dragon Ball, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, this is like the first good <laughs> Dragon Ball series, the Xenoverse games, from what I understand. So maybe it's one to give a shot at some point. Uh, sitting at a eight, or I'm sorry, a seventy-eight is World of Final Fantasy. Will any interest in World of Final Fantasy? Yeah, I actually do want to play it. I'm just broke. Is it just PS4 and Vita? Uh, yeah, I want to say it's just those two. I don't think it's out on PC. No, it's not out on PC because I would probably have it if it was. Yeah, no, it's not on uh, Xbox. Okay. I don't know. But much no, about I do want to play it really bad. I don't know much about it. It's that it's that cute Final Fantasy game that we yeah. saw that they showed. Before Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that. It's almost like a Crystal Chronicles level yep. Yep. style. Um, Hitman Episode Six is at an 82. You fell off of Hitman, right, Will? You, you haven't been playing the new episodes. I Eric was the only one that played beyond the first 15 minutes. Oh, I thought you, I thought you were playing them, too. No, I only played uh, the first one. And he's not playing anymore, is he? No, I don't think so. Well, apparently this one's pretty good. Uh, and then a game I'm going to play and is sitting at a 90 on Open Critic is Owlboy. Owlboy, huh? Uh, action platformer adventure game. It's supposed huh? to be really, really cool. So I will get into that. I just added a bunch of neat games onto my <laughs> Steam wish list that, that are, um, that are uh, well-reviewed. Let me just call them up real quick. One of them is My Summer Car. Huh. Familiar with that one at all? No. Apparently it takes place in uh, 90s Finland. And uh, you have to you have this like shitty car in your garage and you have to like rebuild it. Um, but there's a lot of drinking beer and peeing on things and flipping people off involved <laughs> with it. Seems like it'd be fun fun to play for a little while. If you watch the videos, it's pretty pretty funny in the the you know the 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 Steam reviews are are good for it too. That sounds neat. <laughs> um, House of the Dying Sun just came out of early access. That's like a piloting game, space yeah. piloting. Uh, that seems like a good one. Oh, so there's one more. They just added. Oh, this is out of order. It's Damn tough. it! It's I tough to keep up prepared. with those. And, and there's like some of them are like really good. The mm-hmm. stuff that I want to give 
give time to. Oh, I'll screw it. Anyway, yeah, my my summer car is one I, I really really want to get. But yeah, that sounds fun. I'll, I'll probably buy House of the Dying Sun because that feels seems like it's a, a deeper deeper game. All right, uh, feedback. Yes, sir. All right, I think we got one piece of feedback. Do you do you have it up, or you want me to read it? I've got it. Okay. Uh, Idaho Jake says, "Hey guys, I would like to recommend that people should get away from GameStop and sign up for the Best Buy's Gamer Rewards." Traded in Uncharted 4, Borderlands, The Handsome Jack Collection, Far Cry Primal, and The Division, it got 76 bucks. So I decided to buy the collector's edition of Skyrim for the PS4, and it came with a Dovahkiin wearable cloth helmet. The cool part is that the original price was 80 but I paid only $60 for it because of the gamer rewards. Now, for my review on Skyrim on the PS4, I'm really enjoying my time playing again. I also have it on the PC, but my computer crashes or kicks me out a lot. First of all, the graphics look good for a five-year-old game, except the characters still don't look improved too much. Uh, They're smoother, but the male faces don't look improved. So far for me, it is running great, and I've played for about 10 hours, and I got kicked off because of a mod. Uh, One thing I liked is that if I'm playing without mods and decided to try them with my main character, the game will save and start a new mod save. That way, if I decide I don't want mods for this character, I can go back. Mods are actually fun at first. There were only about 15 mods when I first came out Friday, but I believe they're now up to about 60 or more, and it seems like they are growing daily. I know they say it only runs 30 frames per second, but sometimes it runs so smooth that I think it hits 60 frames per second. I wish I could say this is a game everyone should go out go out and buy, uh, but for $60, but that recommendation is only for the true fans of Skyrim like me. Uh, but if it drops down to $45 or 40 bucks for Black Friday, I would say do it. I'll also say I will probably drop over 1,000 hours into this game because the only thing I'm looking forward to is Horizon. Now I have a question for you guys. I'm not sure if I should trade in my current PS4 for or for a PS4 Pro or keep my PS4 and get an Xbox One S. My kids have Xbox Ones, but not sure if I should upgrade or just buy an Xbox One S for me. Now for the Idaho Jake question of the week. Cubs or Indians? I'd like to see the Cubs win uh, just because I have a close friend that is a Cubs fan. Thanks, guys, and carry on. Um, so, uh, Will, you kind of echo uh, Jake's sentiments there on uh, probably not worth 60 bucks, but if you can get it on sale for 40 or 45 that's probably the route to go. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, but like you said, unless you're a huge Skyrim fan, then yeah. you can talk yourself into spending that 60 But, you know, if you... Or- or maybe if you didn't play it when it came out, you know the the first round on the on the three sixty yeah. PS three. Now's now's the time to 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 jump into it and, and give it a shot because it, it's 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 definitely a sixty dollar game. But if you were like us and spent hundreds of hours playing it years ago and multiple, and multiple different platforms well, already, yeah, multiple platforms, you're you're not going to get a lot out of it. So yep, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not sure if I should trade in my PS four for a PS4 Pro or keep my PS4 and get an Xbox One S? How do you guys feel about that? I don't know. I, it kind of seems like the the Xbox One is the way to go, right? Uh, the One S? Yeah. Um, it's tough. I, I really don't know. I don't have a good answer. I mean, for me, it would depend on what kind of benefits I got from the PS4 Pro. Like, I know some of the games are supposed to have graphical upgrades, but it would depend on on the 
the quality of those graphical upgrades like are you going to see uh like a noticeable difference or not uh otherwise i would i would go with the the xbox one s just i mean so you could have if you like like he said his kids have them he can use some of their games probably unless they're they're digital games but um yeah i mean I i probably would go with the different system uh but yeah i would i would really have to see what the ps4 pro was was specifically gonna do uh-huh. i know it's more like i said i know it's supposed to be more powerful and and whatnot but i would need to see specifics like if they were gonna do a 60 frames per second bloodborne patch that would be uh, a seller for me you know mm-hmm. but i haven't heard of that happening yet so who knows no sir Oh, yeah. Jake also wanted to add to his feedback. Uh, he says in the yeah. chat that in Skyrim, you just have to tap the L1 to sprint instead of holding it down, which I did not know. Yep. <laughs> I did not know that either. And also they added quick save, like in Fallout 4, it's a lifesaver. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then Cubs or Indians? Cubs. Cubs. Yeah, I think we're all rooting for the Cubs. Uh, they were up 5-1 to one last I knew. Cleveland just scored 5-3. Yeah, Cleveland just scored two runs. God. Can you imagine it's a heartbreaker I... if they come back and beat the Cubs? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the Browns will still suck. Yeah. The Browns will bring them back down to earth. Yeah. The whole I, city of Cleveland. <laughs> I do. In these games where I'm not really partial to either team, I do like seeing the home team win uh, game seven. It's just Who's more, more fun. Cleveland. But I think I'm I'm partial to the Cubs. So yeah, and the circumstances they've are a bit different. They've gone a long time since they've won, so we might see them win. Yeah, that's an understatement. Nineteen oh eight was the last time yeah. they won a series. Do you see like all the Reddit threads of like the men in their like nineties who were at the last World Series game they were in, which is in the forties, yeah. and stuff like stuff like that. Like it's crazy. That's the thing. I, nobody should have to go through life without seeing their favorite team win a championship. At least one of their teams winning a championship. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. What a cruel life to live. You know. Yeah. Yep. Is Eric going to ever see a Buffalo championship? Oh yeah, yeah, it'll happen. Probably Sabers, right? No, that's a good question. Sabers or uh, Bills? Who's going to win first? I think the Sabers are on the faster track of a championship. Yeah, because the Sabers don't have someone like the Patriots in there. Oh, they have the Red Wings in there. I guess that that's about as Patriots like as you can get in the NHL. Yeah, but they got the Leafs now. Yeah, the Red Oh Red Wings. Did I say Red Wings? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, because like. Jeff Merrick said that the the uh, Sabers and Leafs should like actualize around the same time. So I don't know, but it's the Bills. Like I feel like they go seven and nine every year. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. If... That's that's kind of a hard. That's a hard hole to crawl out of. I think. Yeah, you're not bad enough that you get your pick of the litter for, for draft players. Those just pick EJ Manuel. 
Well, I, I mean, part of it is is you know, you got to make the best of what you have, you know, when you draft someone. But we'll have to yeah. remember this for next week to ask Eric who which team's going to win a championship first, the Bills or the Sabers. Oh. Yeah, who who he thinks will be the first ones. Yeah. I'm going to put my lot into the Sabres. Has he seen his soccer team win championship? I don't even know what team he likes. Arsenal. Arsenal. I I know that they're in a couple different leagues, aren't they? I don't don't know. I don't know how it works. They're in the Premier League. Yeah. uh, And I know the top four teams go... Man, this is going to be really bad when he listens to it. But uh, I'm pretty sure they play in, like, a tournament. (laughs) He's going to be embarrassed. (laughs) I talk about it all the the time. We can't even do it. (laughs) I think Will has it right, though. I think, yeah, like, the top four teams move on to, is it, like, a European circuit or something? they, They won that, right? There's so many. Okay, the problem is, is there's so many tournaments in soccer. Yeah. I feel like they're in a tournament every other like week. On oh, top of their season, he's in the chat. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Arsenal has not won their main league during my time as an avid watcher. There you okay. go. Okay. Sabres, Sorry to Sabres you. win before Bills. He says. Okay. I think I would agree yeah. with that, honestly. The Sabres are the true hope of Buffalo. They've, the, the Sabres have a good young core. They really do. Mm-hmm. So, One they, last thing about they, Buffalo real quick. Did you guys see Evander Kane got off with everything if he stays out of trouble for like six months? Yeah. <laughs> huh. I don't know. I have no comment on that. He'll get traded. Yeah. Okay. Um, any other thoughts? I think we covered everything, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so possibly next week we'll do Titanfall 2. I don't think we've quite decided just yet, but um, that's been thrown around there. Otherwise, uh, I don't know that we'll have another new game. Oh, uh, Duty. Maybe Duty. Do we want to do the Modern Warfare episode or the Infinite Warfare episode? <laughs> probably fold them both into one couldn't you i might have only played one (laughs) right you're you're (laughs) only gonna play the modern warfare remastered right i mean if it's an episode and i have time i'll probably play so i i did like infinite warfare from what i saw so yeah what do we got uh... yeah but will you play it if if modern warfare is sitting there I mean, I'm probably going to play Modern Warfare campaign straight through and multiplayer before I play Infinite Warfare. Yeah. Will, Harvest Moon, so. Skytree Village? Is that coming out? November 8th. Oh, my God. 3DS. <laughs> I missed it. Uh, the last Harvest Moon was pretty bad. I don't. I think I would wait for the next story of seasons, unless this one gets good reviews. So, Dan, did you say Titanfall next week or Duty? Probably one or the other. And then the following week will be the other one? Maybe. Or um, Dishonored comes out the 11th. Dishonored comes out the 11th. Also, Tyranny comes out the 11th. I'd like to get... Tyranny is the Obsidian RPG where he plays the bad guys. Huh. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, I'd like to get both of those games, but I don't know if I'm 
going to have the funds to do so. Yeah. So. I think the only other game I'm playing this year is Final Fantasy 15. And then I'll probably play a few indies here and there. Yeah. I'd this like to remind me. In. Go ahead, Will. I was going to say, Corey, are you going to be uh, at the homestead for Thanksgiving? No. Okay, because i got to figure out a way to get you my PlayStation 4 uh, for Final Fantasy release. Yep. So? The 29th, which uh, is which day? Is Friday. Tuesday. Oh, it's Tuesday? So Thanksgiving is the week prior. Mm-hmm. I am off Monday the 28th. I work that weekend. Maybe we'll figure something we have, out. Yeah, we'll have to. Because I, I don't know how work will be or like if I'll be in another department or how school will be. So Maybe we can meet. set up a date to meet halfway. Meet halfway. At the South Otselic grocery store. <laughs> sure. I, I love South Otselic. Yeah, I love it. We can get a chip witch from the freezer and eat it Eat it in the... <laughs> Yeah, the picnic table outside, and uh, I can grab the PlayStation. Uh, the only thing is, is you're gonna have to play on my account because Eric and I games game share. So. Oh, that's right. I don't even have to buy it, do I? Wow. Yeah, no. It's real nice having brothers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else? Nope. All right. Uh, that'll do it for episode two seventy six of the Thumbsick Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. Corey. Thanks for listening and get out of my basement. One, two, three, four.